Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning again, Blaze Church. How are we doing today? Come on, it's good to see you this morning, and I uh, hope you guys had a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, did anybody eat a little too much, or was I just alone on that? Yeah, had a good time there, uh, and I'm really excited to be with you this morning. Uh, first, if it is your first time here, I just want to echo Pastor Keith's words and say welcome home to you. Uh, if you'd like to, you can take out your phone and scan that QR code, and that'll bring you to our Connect page. You'll be able to connect with us there. And uh, if you are new today, we'd love to place a gift in your hands on your way out as a way of saying thanks for being here with us. Uh, hey, can we just give a, a clap up and just appreciate our pastors for a moment? Pastors Keith and Amy, just appreciate you guys so much, and you mean so much to our family and to our church, and uh, really grateful for you. Well, today, like Pastor Keith said, I really am excited to dive in to our new series, Thanksgiving's Over, We're Going to Christmas, everybody, and this is The Names of Christmas. Uh, more exclusively, or more specifically, the names of Jesus. We're going to look at four names that he was given. First, we're going to look at how he is wonderful counselor in our lives. And in true holiday spirit, I brought a gift for you all. Oh, say thank you. All right. There's plenty to go around. Don't worry. It might look small, but this is just going to be a good visual for us as we work through today's message. And uh, here at Blaze Church, we love to put focus on these four things. So if you know them, say them with me nice and, nice and strong. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And I really want to highlight that first part, know God, because that really is our doorway to finding freedom in our lives, to discovering the purpose that God has for us. And truly making a difference, it all hinges on knowing God. And today, very simply put, we're just peeling back the layers of this gift, the gift of God, to us to see how Jesus is given as wonderful counselor for our lives. So our base scripture is going to be from the book of Isaiah, and this is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You've probably heard these words before at Christmas time. Now, Isaiah was a book in the Old Testament written by, you guessed it, Isaiah the prophet, and through po powerful uh, prophecy and beautiful poetry, he's pointing forward hundreds of years before Jesus came. He's pointing forward to a coming Messiah. Now, we get to look at his words kind of on the other side. After Jesus has already come, God sent his son. But let's look at his words and read them. Why don't you join me? Let's read this aloud. It's going to be on the screen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, these four names, we're going to break this apart. We're going to look at Wonderful Counselor today, how Jesus is your Wonderful Counselor. Think about that word wonderful with me for a moment. What is wonderful? It's something extremely good. You would say maybe marvelous, right? Uh, for me, I thought about this. I don't think I use wonderful too often in my everyday vocabulary, but I do, and when I do, it really does matter. You know, maybe for me, it's, hey, my wife and I got to go out for a nice dinner without the kids. I love my little girls, but just to get one-on-one -on -one time, enjoy a nice evening out, that's something I would say, man, that was just a wonderful evening. What does that mean to you? Just think about that word wonderful. And then the second part of this name, counselor, well, what is counsel? 
It's, it's good advice, right? Now, Jesus offers us advice, but he has something even better to offer us. So we're going to learn that this morning. Now, I want you to think of a time that you were given wonderful advice. It could be really practical. Just think of a time you were given wonderful advice. We're not going to go around the room, but since I have the microphone, I will share one time I was given wonderful advice. A couple of weeks ago, we had a tornado. A couple of tornadoes hit Long Island. Anybody kind of was aware of that? Kind of crazy for me. Anyway, tornado, Long Island, November, what? In Shirley, where we live, this thing literally started in our backyard. So the wonderful uh, advice that I was given was I got a text message from my mom saying, hey, did you get the tornado warning? I said, what? And so we were about 10 minutes away from home. We turned around, ran home just in time. The wind whipped up. We had trees down in the backyard, in the street. It, it was crazy, people. We were out of power for two days. It was nuts. But the good news is the wonderful advice I was given was, hey, get home, be safe. And so we did that and we were safe. What does that look like for you? Uh, have you received advice before? Of course you have, right? It's called Google. It's called YouTube. It's called Facebook. It's called everyday maybe conversation with friends on just the most basic things of life. Or it could be something like, you know, buying a car or relationship advice. You go to a trusted friend. Hey, bro, what do you think about this situation? Or, or deeper things, you know? Maybe you're, you're having a challenging season in your marriage and uh, you're seeking out wise, godly counsel. You know, we have other sources of advice like our spiritual leaders, our pastors here. That's a great source of advice. Or professional counseling. At Blaze Church, we're big proponents on wise, godly counsel. So want, want us to think about all these sources of advice because the source really does matter. And I know I'm talking about advice a lot. I just kind of want to set a baseline for us, and that's this. That good advice is not just a nice-to-have in life, it really is essential and necessary for our lives. We could say we need good advice in order to succeed. If we don't have it, we're not going to succeed. Check out these words from Proverbs. This is Proverbs 15:22. It says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. I want us to all see that. There, there's like a critical component to this advice thing. Now, Jesus, again, he has something even more impactful for our lives than just good advice, and we're going to discover that in just a moment. But think about this question as we work through today's message. Who do you go to for advice, and how does that advice impact you? Who do you go to, and how does that impact you? Just kind of start to think about that, unpack that in your heart as we work through. I'll throw another question on top of that. We're going to move towards this question. What if you went to Jesus, your wonderful counselor, as your first source of advice? You know, we all have situations that come up. We all want to run to something to get some advice or some words. What if we conditioned our hearts to say, let me go to Jesus because he's my wonderful counselor? That's a question we're going to stir in our hearts. Now, everybody say the number eight. 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 All right. How many reindeer does Santa have? What about Rudolph? <laughs> now, I googled that and it came up eight, but I don't know. We'll have a debate later. But today, we're not going to talk about eight reindeer. We're going to talk about eight points for why Jesus is really wonderful counselor in our lives. So let's dive right into a wonderful counseling session that Jesus is having with someone. We're going to look at the book of John. Now, John is one of the gospels in the New Testament of the Bible. In the Bible, you have the Old Testament the New Testament, 
And in the beginning of the New Testament, you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are all accounts, you could say perspectives on the same story. When God sent his son Jesus in the likeness of human flesh, he lived a sinless life. He lived just like one of us. He experienced the human condition, all of its joys and highs and lows and struggles. He gave his life on a cross to solve the problem for sin and brokenness so that we could be made right with God again. That's the Gospels, right? That's the Gospel. And so we're going to look at John's words in John chapter 4 to this account. Now I want to set the scene for us. Jesus is going to come on the scene, and he's going to come into an interaction with someone, and this is not normal. Somebody say, not normal. Not normal. normal. He is going to encounter someone who uh, normally, for someone uh, of his um, background, so he is a Jew. Jesus was born to a Jewish family. He's a male Jew. He's going to come in contact with a Samaritan woman. Now, something about Jews and Samaritans at the time, if I said cultural tension, now, for, for us, we may think of vaccine, mask, all the things that we've felt over the past year. I want you to kind of feel that tension that kind of rises up in, in, our, in our flesh and humanity that says, I can't associate with you. That was the cultural norm for Jews and Samaritans right here. And Jesus comes on the scene. He's going to have a conversation. Let's see what this looks like. So this is John chapter 4, verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water... Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples went into the town to buy food. So also background here, Jesus, he's on a journey. He's passing through this region of Samaria. He sits down by a well, as in a well of water in the ground, and he's thirsty. Very practical. Now, a woman comes, and she comes with her jug to draw water, and he says, hey, can you give me a drink? Now, Again, because of this dynamic of Jew-Samaritan, this doesn't happen. He's asking her for something. We'll see what her response is. I also want to take note for us that hidden in his request for something is an invitation. And that invitation applies to every single one of us today. So here's her response, verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. See, John's looking out for us. He's putting that in parentheses. By the way, this is not normal. But she's saying, how can you ask me for a drink? Again, Jesus is breaking cultural barriers. This is an astonishing culture. Like, this doesn't happen. A Jewish male would not find himself conversing with someone of her status in this day and age. But I want us to see that Jesus shatters all of those preconceptions, all of those cultural norms, because he steps into our life and says, hey, you don't have to have any external qualities to come to know me. His invitation is for every single one of us. It's not background. It's not status. It's not by what we do. We're going to learn the gospel is a gift. That's why I brought the gift for us. It's a visual. It's the gift of God. And so Jesus is starting this conversation. Little does she know who he is, but I want us to see our first point right here is that the wonderful counselor is inclusive. Everybody say inclusive. 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 Now that's kind of a buzzword in our day and age. Break that apart for us. What this, all this means is Jesus invites everyone to know him. You're all included in the family of God. The the only contingency is that you receive the gift of his son, of God's son, of his love. So he is inclusive in our lives today. Not one person is excluded 
Yeah, the gospel is a gift. It's not a paycheck. The, the gospel says that the wages of sin and death is, uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. He is the greatest gift. Let's keep it reading here. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everybody say gift of God. Gift of God. That's a beautiful phrase. And in my study time, as I was looking at the scripture in preparing to share this word with you this morning, I realized this is a phrase that is used all throughout the Bible. Paul writes about this in the New Testament. He writes about the gift of God. Now, let's think. Jesus is saying, I have something better to offer you. It's the gift of God. Now, what is the gift of God? Let's break that apart. I'll give you the answer right now. It is the grace it is the very person of Jesus. Like, there's the spoiler alert right there. What's in the gift? It is Jesus himself. It is the wonderful counselor. And this is our next point. The wonderful counselor is the greatest gift. He is the greatest gift. At Christmas time, I feel like it's just a special time to remember that he is the greatest gift because we all like get into this gift giving thing it's all because he was given to us his love was given to us the generosity in our hearts that serves because of god's love in our lives he is the greatest gift receive the gift today so i, I want to address something because i know what you might be thinking uh, Josh, yeah, okay, I know Jesus is good. He's a good gift, but I just need some more money. Like Christmas season is coming and we got some presents to pay for or I need some peace in my life. There's a lot of stress this time of year, stress at work, whatever that is. I want us to really see and to, to settle our hearts in a moment that says Jesus is who I need. It might not seem like it on the surface because what our hearts go to is a horizontal solution. I'm a solutions-oriented God. My, my mind's always going, how can I fix this? How can I do this? And the gospel comes in and says, hey, there's a, there's a vertical connection that you can have that's even better. Like he's saying to the Samaritan woman, you're looking for a drink, I'm looking for a drink, but there's something even better, a life source of water. Let's get into that. So Jesus answered her. I'm sorry, skipping ahead. Uh, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. So she's just saying, you can't just reach in there and get some water. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as also did his sons and his livestock? Yep. Now listen to Jesus' response. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be, what's that word? thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Uh, Jesus just went from a drink of water to eternal life. How many people can say that is the spring water that I need? Like this life source, this water source that, that uh, quenches and satisfies the thirsty soul, right? We all have this inner need, this deep need for satisfaction, for fulfillment. That's why we use words about knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose. We all have that deep inner need. And Jesus is getting there. He's going to peel back the layers, but he's saying, I have a life source of living water, not just a temporary source to satisfy your, your thirst right now, 
but something that's going to satisfy your soul thirst. I'm so grateful for that this morning. He recognizes her felt need. Like, he meets her there. Like, so much so that God, in the form of human flesh, like, God didn't have to send his son into human flesh to feel thirsty. Like, think about that. Jesus felt tired. He, he went on a long walk. He felt thirsty. He felt tired. This is God we're talking about. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to connect and relate with us, but he did it so that he could connect with this one woman who is an outcast of all outcasts. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus came for you. Jesus came to satisfy the inner longings, the cravings of your heart, and not in the way that you might think, in an even better way, because he is the greatest gift of all. The next point that we're going to learn right here is the wonderful counselor goes deep to bring healing. He brings healing. How does healing happen? Think about the analogy of a cut. We all experience brokenness, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. We have struggles in life. There's hurts. I won't make life real things. But the analogy of a cut, once we're cut, what happens? If we leave it alone, if we don't tend to it, we say, I don't want to look at thing, that thing, I just want to move on. What happens? That thing will get infected, right? I mean, ask my wife, she's the nurse, we've got to put some bacitration on there, we've got to clean it out, we've got to do something to it. But the important part is we need to put some focus. It's going to hurt, it's going to sting a little bit, but it's going to set you up for healing. I want us to see that the wonderful counselor, he spends time with you. He makes himself available to you. Now, I believe you right now, he's inviting you to go on the journey of healing. Right. We're going to see that he knows us. He loves us. So just look at Jesus and make your prayer today. God, bring me healing. Yeah. You know, let me start this journey of uncovering some layers that might be there. They might be fresh. They might be there for some years. Might be bitterness, unforgiveness, tension, strife, marriage struggles, whatever it is. I invite you to just open your heart to God. Open your heart to the wonderful counselor and let him bring healing in your heart. Again, some of us, we think the, the solution is here, but it's a vertical solution. And Jesus truly is the wonderful counselor who wants to bring us that healing. So back in our story, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Now, I want to make a connection for us. In this day and age, when, when Jesus said living water, what her mind is going to is fresh spring water. Yeah. Now, they're at a well, so this is water in a, in basically in a hole in the ground, right? And I'm no water, like spring water expert, but I'm just thinking, if you've ever been hiking and you come across a spring of fresh water, you just scoop down, take a sip of that. I mean, that seems like a glorious experience, right? I've never done that. If anyone has, you could tell me about it uh, later. Ashley has. That's awesome. Uh, but I'm just thinking, she's thinking, this is a much better water source that this guy's talking about than this well water. And so she's going to entertain this thought and say, How, like, you have nothing to draw the water. Like, where are you getting this water from? But she's intrigued, right? So this living water. Here's our next point. The wonderful counselor meets you where you are. He meets you where you are, right here in this felt need of water. And he's going to go deeper. This conversation is about to get real. So buckle up, get ready. Jesus is going to pull some things out from left field, but he's got a purpose. So he told her, go, call your husband, and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. 
the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Like out of left field, right? Like where did you just get this from? I want us to see something here. The wonderful counselor knows you. That's our next point. If you're taking notes, go ahead, write that down. The wonderful counselor knows, like he knew all this about her life. Now, why does he know that? And what's his intent? Well, I want to share this quick story. I was talking to a buddy just about this, that, hey, God knows you and he loves you. Now, that fact of God knowing every single part of us, all of our thoughts, all of our actions, every single bit of us, I don't know about you, but I don't want to post everything about my life on display for all to see because I need God's grace every single day. So the fact that he knows every single part of us, that can either be an extremely terrifying thought or it can be the most liberating truth when you recognize that he has called you to be his adopted son, his adopted daughter, that he's called you to be part of his family, and he doesn't know all the things, so he he can just pull them up and make you feel uncomfortable so that there's... Uh, there's no progress. But no, he wants to bring healing to your life. He cares about you. So that's who we're seeing as Jesus, as our wonderful counselor here. He meets us. He knows us. He knows everything about us. I mean, think about close connection with your friend. You know, for me, my closest friends, my closest family, they know me. And so they're able to speak into my life. We're going to see Jesus continue to speak into her life. And here's our next point. The wonderful counselor is honest with you. See that speaking into her life. He's coming with honesty. He's coming not just with facts about her, but he's going to come with truth. And his intent, his motive is so that she would find her well source of living water, that she just wouldn't experience temporary satisfaction, but bring true healing. Check out these words from Proverbs for a second. Proverbs 27.5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. It's powerful. And verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. See, a true friend is not going to just tell us what we want to hear, (laughs) right? As much as we may want to hear it at the time. A true friend is going to tell us what we need to hear. That's what I want. I want the the closest people in my life to say, you know what, this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but I'm willing to experience some discomfort temporarily so that I can experience growth the type of growth that God desires for my life so I can be all that he's created me to be. Can I just share a quick testimony with you, not to make this about me in any way. If you caught me five, ten years ago, I would have said, you are crazy if you ever think I'm going to stand on a stage (laughs) and speak in front of people like, this is a testimony. All of our lives are a testimony. God takes us from who we think we are and what we think we can do, and he brings us to places that we never thought that we could be so that we could shine the spotlight back on Jesus and say, look at what the Lord has done. Look at my wonderful counselor. He knows me. He loves me. He's not going to leave me where I am because he believes in you this morning. He created you. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. How beautiful is that? We talk in our culture all the time about identity, trying to find ourselves. God, I tell you today, the truest version of yourself is as an adopted son, an adopted daughter of God, living out the fullest potential that he has for you. And the beauty in that is there's so much rest, there's so much peace, and there's so much joy in who he is in our lives. Can we just take a moment and give God praise for his wonderful counsel and his love in our lives? He's so good. He goes deep. He brings healing. He's honest with us. 
and he is so wonderful. Let's keep reading in our story. Verse 19, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Now, if you remember, Jesus got, just got done bringing up this, hey, you've had five husbands, the man you're with is now not your husband, and then she launches into something about worship in mountains, and how did we get there? And can, can we relate on this? What happens when an uncomfortable conversation comes up in our lives that challenges us? Sometimes when we divert, <laughs> we change the topic of conversation, we want to run from that. I've done that. I know you've done that. It's just a natural tendency for us. But what I want to encourage us today is that we would go to our wonderful counselor when we need this counsel, which is all the time, and that we would open our hearts and say, I want to hear what you have to say for my life because it is good. And it may not feel good at the time, but it is good. He is good. The plan of God is good for our lives. So here, she's trying to divert, but he is patient with her. And that's our next point. The wonderful counselor is patient. See, the topic changed, but Jesus is going to work with it. In the next couple of verses, what Jesus does in verses 21 to 24 of this chapter, in John chapter 4, he engages in conversation with her because he's patient. You know, I thought about this. It's like he didn't run in with like, hey, I'm Jesus, I'm the Messiah, and like get straight to the point. Like he kind of concealed his identity because he's patient with her. He's like, hey, I want, I want to know you. I want to hear your story. And then he leads her along. Let's go a little deeper. Let's see the healing that your heart needs right here. Let's look at her response to Jesus in verse 25. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Say those two words with me. Know that. How many people know that knowing, like deeply knowing something and knowing about something, they're two different things, right? And what I see here is she's saying, I know that Messiah is coming. So she's speaking to her religious background. She knows in the Torah, it speaks of a one day coming Messiah who will come and speak to the brokenness of humanity and bring a solution. Now she knows that, but what she doesn't realize is the person standing right in front of her is the very Messiah that she's talking about, that she's heard of for so many years, and she hasn't realized it. You know, for some of us, maybe we say, oh, I wish Jesus would just walk in the room. Would we recognize him? Do we know him? Man, that's a thought that challenges my heart in such a good way, in such a healthy way, as a wonderful counselor would challenge my heart to say, do you know him? And I know we do, Blaze Church, and I know our heart's desire just by you being here this morning. You're showing up and saying, I want to know God more. And we're seeing more of who Jesus is as our wonderful counselor. Let's know him. But she says, I know that. And this next verse is the climax of this wonderful counseling session where Jesus reveals his identity. So here we go, verse 26. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. What a powerful declaration that God in the form of human flesh is declaring his identity to this woman, this outcast of all outcasts. This is the first person who Jesus reveals his identity to in the Gospels. How amazing, how beautiful is that? Who he chose to reveal this to? Can I tell you today, he is here in this place to reveal himself to you personally. And that's our last point. I'd say maybe even our most important point right now. The wonderful counselor reveals himself to you 
personally. You don't need me standing on a stage to see Jesus. I'm grateful for Sunday mornings that we get to come and hear Pastor Keith, Joe, myself, Pastor Amy. We get to hear an encouraging message of what God has done for us. But can I tell you, the wonderful counselor wants to meet with you Monday through Saturday, just as much as on Sunday. And I'm so grateful that he reveals himself to you personally. One of my favorite scriptures in the book of Jeremiah, God gave a promise that we can cling to today. He said, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. The wonderful counselor reveals himself to you personally, and he is here today. He is the gift of God, the greatest gift of all. And so worship team, can I invite you guys back on stage as we get ready for a moment of response? And church, if you could stay with me for these next couple of moments. Uh, this isn't just the, the summary, this is the climax of this conversation this morning. I really see that Jesus is saying, I am here. I am revealing myself to every single person in this space. And so can we condition our hearts? Can we say, yes, Lord, I see you. Yes, Lord, I want the wonderful counselor in my life. If maybe you're here and you have never started a relationship with Jesus, well, this is a beautiful moment because God is available to you more now than ever before, because this moment is the present. And I believe that he is speaking to every single heart right now in this space. You know, I feel my words can fall so short, but his presence is all that we need. And so if that's you this morning and your heart is just stirring in a place that you're saying, I need this wonderful counsel. You know, I've looked for the water of life to satisfy. I've looked for the things of life to satisfy. Can I tell you today that these words that Jesus is giving to this woman are words that he is giving straight to you. That he has a life source of living water for you. You may feel that the solution that you need is on a horizontal playing field, is, on a, is like a problem that's here and now that needs to be fixed. But he is the greatest answer. He is the greatest gift. Can we all just stand together for a moment as we respond in worship? All of our lives are worship. <laughs> How we, how we live our lives, it's, it's, it's a form of worship to our God who has given all of his life for us. So if that's you this morning, your heart is stirring, you're saying, I want the wonderful counselor. I want to start a journey with Jesus. We're going to pray together because at Blaze Church, we believe nobody prays alone. So church, let's pray this together. This is you. Just pray these words out. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died rose again so I could be forgiven. Thank you for new life. Thank you for healing. Today I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those placing their faith in Jesus today. I just want to pray a prayer, a blessing for you. You know, maybe you're in a place where you're saying, I want this wonderful counsel. I hope you are. I, I know I need his wonderful counsel in more than the counsel that he provides, but his very self. He is the greatest gift. We all need him. Let me pray this blessing over you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we've got to spend in your word to see more of your son given to us. God, I thank you for the gift of this Christmas season as we begin this month of celebration.
celebrating. God, I pray even the simple reminders of the lights would point us to Jesus, the light of the world, that when we need advice and counsel and an answer that is on a practical level in our lives this week, God, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would remind every single heart that we can go to you, Jesus, our wonderful counselor. It can be a simple prayer like, Jesus, I need you. But Lord, would you remind us this week as the stresses, as the tensions, as the temptations of life come, and we know they will, but we thank you that you are with us, that you are patient with us, that you are available to us, that you go with us as we invite you to go before us. God, I pray for every single person in this space that you would continue to 